Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Names are significant both in the Scripture and in tradition. Nathaniel, the reason we're reading the Gospel of Nathaniel on St. Bart's Day, they call it Bartimus in England, which is something I like a lot, um, is, uh, is because they are presumptively the same person. Uh, now, you might go to yourself, oh, well, like John and Juan, I get. Nathaniel and Bartholomew seems a little harder. That's a fair question. So Bartholomew is the son of Ptolemy, right? That's the bar bit. Um, so it's a last name, or what we would think of as a last name, right? It's the appellation that attaches to your dad. Nathaniel is a first name. Um, and there's a Nathaniel and John and no Bartholomew, and there are Bartholomews and the other three and no Nathaniels. So do the math. It's more than that. There's a, a great weight of the tradition that identifies these two together. More than those names, though, there's another name play uh, kind of in the background to this passage that I think is more important for us. At the end, when Jesus affirms him, He says, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now that should sound familiar. That's exactly the language that was used for Jacob and the latter, the angels of God ascending and descending. Jacob, of course, was also a guy with two names who seemed unrelated, so it probably fits. That's not the point, though. The point here is this. The Lord praises Nathaniel Bartholomew, what's his name, for his guilelessness, 
And this is something I think we Midwesterners really need to take to heart. I know that I do. I had a priest friend who was talking about this just the other day. He said, did you ever get yelled at when you were in Rome for um, not fighting enough? And I knew immediately exactly what he was talking about. So, you know, when we ask people for their opinions, at least we Iowans, when we first ask someone what they think about something, there's like a first level, um, would you affirm whatever I just said to you? And then if it seems not to be working, then we might scratch a little bit deeper, right? And then sometimes you have to actually just tell people, no, what you really think, (laughs) not what you think I want to hear, right? There's a guile that's tangled up in there. It's not a conscious attempt to deceive, but it's a kind of misunderstanding of communication. Now, not every question ever asked uh, requires an immediate and factual answer. Human beings aren't just like thinking machines, right? So I might be a celibate, but I do know that the answer to honey, does this make me look fat is never ever yes. But, but in some ways, the, the charitable wife never asks her husband the question because it's never going to put him in that position. She might say, how does this look? A more open-ended question. Or this one or this one. Those are reasonable questions. But don't ever put someone in a position where they're going to have to choose between lying to you or just, like, causing a fight. Instead, ask them what they really think. Now, listen again to Jesus and Bartholomew or Nathaniel or what's his name. Can anything good come from Nazareth? He, by temperament, does not hold back. Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming and said of him, here is the true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. And Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? He didn't say it, because he um, thought they'd met in the market and was confused about a business transaction. He said it because he recognized that what Jesus was saying was true. And precisely because that specific line was true, he could say nothing but, how do you know me? And then, when Jesus tells him something that nobody else could know, Well, he can only draw one conclusion. You are the king of Israel. You know who I think most of us struggle most with in terms of our guile? The the, the person that we have the hardest time genuinely speaking our mind to because we're really, really afraid that they're going to be offended? Him. We hedge our bets in our prayer. We don't ever say quite exactly what we're thinking because we're not quite sure he can handle it, or maybe worse, we're not quite sure we can live in a relationship that open. After all, if I'm that honest with God about how I feel about him right now, what might he say about me? If we can't be that kind of honest with God, then we can't hope to do what we try and do here every night. So tonight, let's just aim to be a little more honest, a little less guile.